guys for tuning in to another episode of Chomping After Dark. This week, okay. we're going to be talking about Pokemon Sword and Shield, much to the Rev's chagrin. So, okay, I want you to close your eyes for a moment. Yes, you, my fellow co-hosts, I'm not falling for this again. and you, the listener. Hold on, let me turn on my security cameras again. Okay. okay. Thank you. I want you to imagine that you just turned 21 and that you were in college. Earlier this week, you were invited to go to a college party. There's going to be good friends there, some drinking, some beautiful people, and wonderful vibes. You pull up to the house with a six-pack of beer in hand, your generous contribution to debauchery and tomfoolery. You step into the house with an air of confidence while the rush of the top 40s hits floods your ears. You can smell perfume and alcohol in the air. There are people chatting while holding red solo cups. They see you and cheer. You've arrived, and your friends are jubilant to enjoy the night with your company. The rest of the night is a blur of chatting and drinking, which becomes darker and darker until... It swirls into a blur of colors, shapes, and eventually nothing. Time passes, and you are engaged in some of the most surreal images you've ever seen. It feels visceral, yet distant. You cannot ascertain where you are as locations and buildings collide. Suddenly, you feel a nudge at your feet. Is that real? Or in the dream, you wonder to yourself? You feel it again. Looking at your feet mid-dream, you see nothing that could cause the nudge. You feel a wet slap upon your foot, which jolts you, forcing you to open your eyes. Your eyelids feel as if they were filled with concrete as they are pried open. Your head instantly begins to pound, and your stomach is turning. The stale... The stale taste of spirits is thick within your mouth. You feel the cold hardwood floor beneath you, supporting your body. You look down your body at your feet, knowing you are awake this time. Your eyes widen, and you sit yourself up in shock at the sight. There, stood before you, is a used condom with arms and legs. (gasps) The base of the condom sags over the back end, like a depressing top knot. A buildup of white fluid sits sloshing at the bottom of the semi-translucent latex. The eyes and mouth are made of the same substance. Kodo! The creature verbalizes to you. You look around, bewildered for an explanation. You look to the right and notice a Pokeball sitting ajar. You grab it, and the creature jumps up and down in excitement, with the liquid splashing inside its body. You aim it at the creature, and it suddenly returns to the Pokeball. You look down to your belt and notice that the other five slots for Pokeballs are nestled neatly inside their place. Confused, With no recollection of the night, 
You sigh and say to yourself, I guess I caught my sixth Pokemon. Yes. If it wasn't clear to you, today we're going to talk about Pokemon, specifically Sword and Shield. Now, I know that we've talked about Pokemon ad nauseum for the past month. This will be the last podcast, the last episode of any podcast that we do that is dedicated to this game, I assure you. But I feel that this episode is necessary because it's been so polarizing, both within our crew and in the world. We're going to discuss in great detail some of the things that we weren't able to touch on on the Chompcast. But before I go any further, there will be spoilers in the show. If you do not want to be spoiled, wait to listen to this episode until you finish the game. So, without further ado, let's get to some introductions. We have the man who travels among the planets, the space cowboy, Josh. Hi. I'm still blinking. I had, I had my eyes closed for a long time there. <laughs> I didn't tell you to open them. I'm sorry. Hmm. I figured. I figured you'd get that. I'm sort I of dazed now. He's getting old. He's getting old. Shay, you can't ask him to hold, close his eyes that long. It's confusing. <laughs> He'll fall asleep. <laughs> and we have the lover of No Man's Sky, Red Dead Two. And women's panties. The one and only Morgan. Uh, I have a really good panty story for you guys. Um, but my first question is the condom thing. Was that a was that a Pokemon made out of, a condom Pokemon saying its own name and its name was Kondo? It was Kodo. Kodo? Oh, I yeah. see. So you shortened to, to make it cute instead of saying yeah. condom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kodo. If there was, true story, because we're doing this live. If there was a condom Pokemon, Shay. What would its cute Pokemon name me? Because you know how they all have clever names like Charmander, Pikachu. What would the condom Pokemon's name me? That's a good question. Uh, Condex? <gasps> what if it was a condom with like a sword and shield and it was called like Trojan or something like that? That would be amazing. <laughs> 90, and Josh asked what would the gender ratio be? 99% male, 1% female. <laughs> well, yeah. Like yeah, the real guess- world. Depends on what exactly. exactly. Yeah, the the female ver- no, it's one of those Pokemon with different versions, and the 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 female version is like the um, that cellophane, that female okay. cellophane. Yeah, that's it, <laughs> dude. That's thought, it. cellophane. I thought that I thought this was going to go in a very different direction. I'm very happy this is the direction. No, you don't talk about. I mean, it's exactly the direction I thought it was going in, <laughs> including <laughs> him not the, realizing the that. I don't know what they're called. Um... Condoms. Like, isn't it like a re- but it's different. It looks more like a, you know. You're talking dam. about dental dams? Yes. No, yeah, no he, he thinks he is, but no, they're just I am talking about dental dams. No, I might be talking no, about those very are, poorly. That's but... just a sheet of latex. Oh, a female okay. condom is still just a latex condom, but it is. It's just yeah. bigger I was, and the, I was uh, the ring yeah, is was on re- the other side. So I was just referring to open. the dental dam. That was the joke. Yes. But so, let's let's get back on track here on the Pokemon. Fame, huh? uh, I'll save my Pandy story for another show. Yes, yes, yes. It's a good one, though. Yes. And I'm Shay, a turd of a man. Um, Fish will not be here this week as, sadly, he had to tend to a family emergency. Uh, full disclosure there. So, Fish, wherever you are, buddy, I hope everything is getting figured out and as well. Mm-hmm. But 
Anyways. Anyway. Oh, go ahead. No, nothing. Okay. First, let's start with the story of this game. Um, It's going to be slightly similar into how we did it with Borderlands. It's going to be a little bit more succinct, though. So hang, hang with me for a moment, and I will have a question ready. The story starts out with the hero leaving his house saying goodbye to his mother. He meets up with his best friend, Hop, and they go off to meet Hop's brother, who happens to be the main rival of the main character. The internet is incredibly polarized when it comes to Hop. People either enjoy him or just straight up hate him. I personally really enjoyed him because I felt like he played such a pivotal role in the story. He wasn't just weaving in to fight and then running away. He was learning alongside you. He was exploring where you were exploring. So I'm curious, how did you guys feel about Hop? He's the basically the only good rival in the Pokemon series. Um, but you, you kind of sort of touched on this, but didn't really give any details. Um, in this story, like generally, you'll get to a new gym get your badge, and then your rival will show up and fight you um, in basically all of them. It's not exactly the same case here. You've got another unrelated character that will sometimes show up and fight you with kind of their own story going on. Um, but Hop shows up and fights you after about half-ish of them, any of the ones you're not fighting the other person. Um, and the interesting thing there is that the difficulty of the fights you have against him kind of go up and down as you go um, because he's not just leveling evenly with you kind of the way everything else is which is neat because Hop will go into these different fights and not always just win right away like it's like he'll have a hard time with some of the gems like like oh I just I failed this one and kind of be depressed and um you know, have to go back in and, and try it again. And it's like, it's really interesting seeing your rival actually be a person instead of, you know, just some douche who gives you a final fight after you just did this gym. Some computer generated asshole. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've actually really liked it. Um, as far as just shaking it up. Um, yeah, it's been neat. So that's fair. That's fair. How about you, Morgan? How did you feel about hop? Eh, I mean, I mean, I feel like they kind of missed an opportunity to make him more of a heel because, like, there's that point where he starts to get his ass. He gets his ass kicked by um, you, obviously, and then he gets his ass kicked by what's her name, Bede, Bede, Bede. Yeah. Strange, can't tell what the hell I'm looking at with Bede. Strange character, old lady, young lady, young. I don't know what he is. I can't tell. Um, I can't tell what the character design is. It's just strange looking at it. Like, um, is is it supposed to be an old character? Or younger character, uh, you know, I I was unsure. I just I I took it as someone who is like just dressed, um, eccentrically. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. I mean, I don't care if it's whatever your gender is. I just I couldn't tell what the hell it was, uh, what they were going for. But because um, at first I thought it was supposed to be like a weird, like wise old lady that like whooped your ass, and I found out that's it what I thought too at first. <laughs> yeah, Josh was the one who enlightened both of us on that one. I was like, it's apparently it's a young man. Um. But, yeah, I just thought it would be cooler, like, because he, he, he gets his ass kicked, and then you kick his ass, and he's really down dumps. I thought it would have been cool if you had taken kind of a heel turn. Like, he was like, he was just like, yeah, you kicked his ass, and it, he's not cut out for Pokemon anymore. I think it almost would have been cool if he would have just taken a much darker approach or just been like, fuck, man, uh, this is not for me. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna help you in any way I can. Maybe I just felt like it was still still kind of generic yeah. for me. I don't yeah. have a strong. You're just waiting for the Pokemon game where after he loses to you the first three times in a row, right off the <laughs> bat, like, he he yeah. just gives up and you never see him again. And because then after you after you beat the game, you go back to your hometown and he's just holed up in his room. He's given up on Crying. Pokemon. You see you yeah. see you see this Pokeballs just sitting there by the front door. This Pokemon like, still in him. He hasn't he hasn't touched it since the last time you just destroyed his dreams. Destroyed his life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like he maybe he follows you around, he just helps you. Like he's a good friend and he tries to give you advice where he can, but he's not he's just not cut, I mean honestly, dude, he's not cut out to be a Pokemon trainer. He fucking sucks. It's 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 all there is to it, but eh, I don't really care. Is he? One way. I mean, in all these games, the first gym leader doesn't seem to be qualified well, as a gym leader compared to all the other gym leaders. Isn't that weird? What's the psychological? I was thinking about that. Like these these people get paid. Yeah, uh, no, paid it's to... it's their job to kind of suck, so <laughs> so new people yeah. can show up and get it, a badge. It doesn't make any sense. And all those hundreds of thousands of people are in the, crammed in those arenas to watch some guy lose ten times a day. It's like, huh, this doesn't make any logical sense. Yeah. Maybe Pokemon is terrible. I'm just kidding. Pokemon's great. Um, I was just thinking about the whole... Because you, know, you know how in the gyms, you have to do those pre-gyms um, where you do the... What are they called? The challenges? Like the first James. one is you have to herd those sheep. What? Hmm. James? (laughs) 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 This is just tangential, but I figure it's the bonus cast. Uh, But yeah, Shay, you know how you have to herd the sheep in, like in the first gym, and then whenever you complete the challenge, you get to go walk into the arena. So I'm just imagining, like, what? Is there hundreds of thousands of people sitting in this arena waiting for me to complete this weird sheep herding challenge before I walk? Like, it doesn't make any sense. They're they're watching you on the Jumbotron. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they're watching for the double truck. I hope he hurts these sheep because I want to watch a Pokemon battle. <laughs> if you overanalyze it, it doesn't make any sense, and so who cares? But uh, that's my thought. I, you know, I thought, I thought that um, that that basically it's a ser- like from my understanding that it's a series of trainers who do a gym challenge in one day, so they're already there. Yeah, because they're the gym trainers fighting multiple um, trainers at the same time. Yeah, they're all they're all showed up to. uh, It's it's like they're watching, uh, um, like a game show TV, like one of those uh, ridiculous over the like American Gladiator or one of the the crazy Japanese game shows where they yeah they're just lined up watching yeah try to climb up a (laughs) ladder covered in butter or something. Sure. I get. Well, who's to say? You're probably right. Yeah, but actually, this kind of le- like more than you, you know, like incidentally went into my next question is how do you guys feel about the o- other rivals, like such as the gym leaders, Bead, Marnie, and Team Yell? And towards the end, again, another spoiler: Oleana and Chairman Rose. How did you guys feel about these other rivals? Any particular? Like you can pick any one of them. I mean, obviously, Morgan, you already uh, talked about B. Yeah, I'll take this first, and Josh can then could say that I'm crazy. Um, I thought the gym battles were really interesting and fun and dynamic with the whole, like, football stadium vibe and uh, Dynamaxing. I thought they were some of my favorite gyms ever. The rivals themselves, ah, just, I couldn't, I, I really like some of the gym leaders I thought were all right, like the, the hot chick in the second gym with the water Pokemon. Um, she mm. was she, she look, she loved fishing. That's what she told me. 
she also was hot and she used the turtle pokemon so she that's you know three strikes and you win that's the rule right it's baseball um <laughs> that's, that's that's the rule it would make it much more watchable yes yes yeah, it really would uh anyways uh, there were a couple of standouts, but nothing st- as far as personalities in the game, um, nothing really stood out to me. But I didn't think that they were like bad or poorly done or anything. Just sort of like nearby the numbers Pokemon, goofy, fluffy haired gym leader guy who has a sheep. Um, the chick I just mentioned. You had your your generic sort of rivals, uh, including the old lady that's actually a young man or whatever. I don't know. So yeah. I didn't, I didn't feel strongly one way or the other. That's fair. What about you, Josh? Um, <laughs> I, I, I like the gyms better once you get to the point where instead of Dynamaxing, their last Pokemon is always one of the uh, Gigamax. Gigantamax Pokemon because instead of just getting extra health, all their stats increase. They get like, they're, they're way more interesting. It makes that last Pokemon that you go up against like actually feel like a challenge basically all the gyms before that it's just extra health like it'll it'll take two hits to kill instead of just the one like every other one of their pokemon but you get to those and the stat increases is so significant um that it it actually feels good like it like you get to that last pokemon you're like okay like i finally hit the challenge like it's it's it can be pretty tough to get through the last pokemon on on those fights compared to every other gym which are you know um as far as the other rivals go, um, I mean, the, I think they're hit or miss. Like Marnie is really interesting because, like, she's she's a good character, but she's also kind of funny because she exists as the invisible walls in the game because her fans are the the football hooligans who are always off doing some ridiculous shit or other, and. Yep. And are like super into you know like like they're they're just the biggest fans, but they're also just kind of dumb and and causing trouble. And are they're the invisible walls in the game. Like if you go too far, they're they're off doing something like practicing their chants on a different route, so you yes, can't get yes. in there. And it's just I think that's so funny as far as like a like Marnie doesn't seem to be like anything like that, but her fans are just just the yeah. biggest. Like Marley hardcore was... fans, and I just I, I don't know I I I kind of liked that. It uh, makes me. Oh, go ahead, Morgan. Sorry. Oh, as you can say briefly, I, my favorite ever is still uh, in Ruby and Sapphire. They had Team Aqua and Team Magma. As dumb as it sounds, but the Team Aqua people in that game, I just thought were they had a really cool vibe to them. And like yeah. depending on which version you got, drastically affected the team you went against, their story, and the Pokemon they fought you with. Now, I don't know the specifics of this game, but I don't think that that's the case. Although I know there, I think is a yeah. So I that was my favorite from the past, um, and they're always hit or miss. Like I did not like Team Galactic or what they whatever very much. And this this one was fine. Yeah. It was a it, it fit the theme well with the whole football theme. So it did, yeah. and it makes me wonder if that was a consci- conscious choice by uh, Game Freak to like to speak to some kind of underpinning about like being famous and then not being held responsible for what your fans do like as a person who ends up being thrust into stardom and fame like they can't control how their fans act and what they do you know um yeah and so maybe i don't know if that was some social commentary (laughs) purposefully on that or not but like i I think it was considering 
like the, the different like they they always do stuff related to the new actual area that that a region is based on but they've they've kind of gone above and beyond for this one compared to some of the other ones so i have to think that that's at least part of it um, i do too it, it's i do too partly intentional so and they've never been like these games it's never the main point of the story but they've never been uh, afraid to like talk about these kind of issues in their own way and i think that if that if it truly was 100% intentional that they did this i think it's brilliant and it actually really when i thought about it that way it made me really enjoy the dynamic that you have with marnie and team yell throughout the game besides just the humor involved in it but interesting yeah 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 i, I, I don't know really like i'm i'm I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 liable to give them the benefit of the doubt there considering so many other things they did like we we, we briefly touched on the fossils last week um which mm. i think is great it's it's hilarious that you've got these different pokemon that are just random bits of fossils stuck together no this is this is totally what it is um after <laughs> their whole debacle with piltdown man and like yes. these you know supposedly unimpeachable british scientists just making shit up and yep, like yep, it yep, didn't yep. come out until decades later that they were just talking out of their asses. Um, right. Like I think it's hilarious that that's that that those are the fossil Pokemon in this one. It's just random thrown together bits of stuff. They're like, no, this this looks right to me. I'm sure that's it. I, uh, it's a yeah, it's a funny idea. It's just like no one wants it, to use those ugly Pokemon. Well, no one's wanted to use a fossil Pokemon since the first game. So no, I think that's that, true too. I that's think that it's fine that they use it to to poke fun at. First you know, of all, Turtwig something like this is one of my favorite turtle Pokemon, and I grinded a shiny one of him. Oh wait, wait, Gen five, Gen five had some really good action. Is it Gen five or Gen six had some really good fossil uh, ones as well? There's a lot of good fossils. Don't there let are. Josh pollute your mind with that anti-fossil but rhetoric. The, I, I got no, it's not. But compared it. to the first gen. Yeah, those are those are the best. amazing. Damn. Those are like, yeah. Are you what fucking Aerodactyl? Aerodactyl, yeah. Awesome. Almanite? you guys are high. Amastar is the best Pokemon that. I'm just kidding. No, no, <laughs> no, no. About that one. Kabuto was badass. Kabutops was super. Yeah, Kabutops, yeah. Yep. And uh, Josh will be happy to know because you love Mega Evolution so much. There was a Mega Aerodactyl. So that's true. <laughs> that is true. Uh, but they gave him a beard. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm serious. I think they no. Can... You're right. You're right. You're right. The, and this is, I guess, this last thing I want to say about that. Then we can move on to the next stuff. Is it always bugs me when people say Pokemon are children's games, which they largely are geared towards children, but they also have a lot of these kind of underpinnings of adult themes in there to appease to adults, and it has a lot to say about um, where our society is at, and it pokes fun at the history actually i don't know if you guys noticed this but it had a ton of like mainstream uh references in there like they it, there's a reference in there um to the song wonderwall because there there's a famous meme out there well where a guitar player is talking about you know his show and he says well anyways here's wonderwall and there was a reference to that in this game and i don't know if anybody caught that i say but... maybe yeah, there there references like that with throughout this game, so it was cool. Mm-hmm. But all right, let's move on. 
So a little later in the story, the main character and Hop wander into the slumbering Weald and meets the legendary of the game the player has bought. If you bought sword, you run into one. If you bought shield, you run into the other. Um, You meet Professor Magnolia and Sonia shortly after, which their relationship is grandmother-granddaughter. And you are given the second part of this fascinating journey, which is learning about the history of the Galar region. So was this story of the legendaries interesting enough to intrigue you guys, or was it just kind of, it just existed kind of thing? I'm going to throw it to you first, Josh, because I threw it to Morgan last time. Um, I liked it because it wasn't such a huge thing, actually. Um, Whereas basically all of them, oh, you're going to be the best trainer ever, and somehow you end up saving the world. Um, The stakes aren't that high. And this one, you're a trainer. That's your first thing. Like I'm going, you know, to end up winning it all. And and that's that's basically that's the main story the whole way through. They don't try to like derail you and and get you off on this. And I think because of that, I actually liked the secondary stuff better because it felt like it was it was optional to them. So it was fine that it felt optional to me too. Like it that they left the stakes low enough for me to care about them. Because mm. um, that's always been kind of an issue with the Pokemon games, is that you're this little kid who ends up saving the world. And it's not that that's not neat, but we've seen that every other time with basically every video game. Um, like, it's just, it's a, it's, it's a joke at this point, the, the, whole, the idea of, you know, a, you know, some random kid saving the world. Um, because it happens in so many games, um, right? And I, I, I kind of like that it was secondary this time. Mm. So, I think I think it's an overused trope that like it's an important one, and I think that we should have examples of it in every generation for every generation. That yeah. anyone can have a very big impact if they believe in themselves enough and they persevere, kind of mm-hmm. thing. But with this series, like you're saying, that's been a mainstay. That's been a staple is always conveying that. So I do like that, and I do agree with you to, to pretty much all points that you made. Morgan, how did you feel about the story of um, the two legendaries and um, them kind of preventing the darkest day? What, what was your – Yeah, it was – I thought thematically it was fine because, you know, when people think of – a lot of places across the pond, I think they do think of knights and things like that with swords and shields. So thematically, I thought it was smart. I it was fine. I didn't really feel one way or the other like a lot of stuff in the game. It just it was just kind of there. I do think that the the sword and the shield Pokemon. I'm just not a big fan of the the way they look. I think I like the shield one a little more, but which is unfortunate because I bought sword. Um, but yeah, I've just never been a wolf guy, and I just. I've all the legend. I'm not big on the legendary Pokemon in these games ever because we don't usually use them for tournaments, and they always feel overpowered and stuff. So the only interesting input I have here is just that I just was not a huge fan of the the look of them. But um, I thought the story fit the theme of the game well. That's fair. I like. I find I found myself like wanting to know what was going on because like you're going through the game and they're like okay there are these two guys who fought this massive creature and then they use this powerful sword and this amazing shield but then that statue breaks down and that wall breaks down 
um, or not the statue, that mural on that wall breaks off, and then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, maybe they were animals, maybe they were yes. Pokemon, and it was just very well paced. Um, yeah, which is weird to say for a Pokemon game, but it's very well paced on how all that stuff unfolded. I, I loved that. It kept me engaged. It wasn't overbearing. It wasn't underwhelming. It, it was well paced, and it wasn't the main point of the story. Which the, the last one looks cool. The the I don't know if you guys seen the last legendary. Oh, the um, dragon that you have to yeah. fight. Yeah, yes. that thing looks freaking creepy looking. It does. I, I love uh, Eternatus. I love that final fight with him when he's uh, G- Gigantamax um, or Gigantamax, however you pronounce it. I absolutely love that fight um, because I hadn't done any max raid battles yet. That was the first kind of fight oh, I had in that yeah, style. Yeah. So it was very cool. The music is epic. I love the f- – we'll talk about the music later actually. But I just – I really like that fight a lot. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. So – Let's go to the next part then. So before before learning about the gym challenge and seeing the opening ceremony, the players introduced to one of the new features of this generation, the Wild Zone. Here the player can catch Pokemon of all levels and generations, can find W points, which are a new form of currency that you can spend on vendors in this area. Um, you can find useful items, and you can fight in raid battles. There's a ton of to do in this area and it's the first time in a pokemon game that i personally have felt is as close to playing an open world pokemon game as we've ever gotten how did you guys feel about this area well i will say that it was disappointing for me um i thought i thought the pokemon like just wandering the world was really nice so and I didn't know that was going to be in the game. I thought the wild area was like the special thing. So I think just getting that area and just kind of felt weird to me that the weather was always changing and I was having like some slowdown and stuff. And then it didn't feel distinctly that much. Di- I mean, it is different because you have the giant Pokemon you can run into and you can collect the Watts. And then of course there's a greater variety of Pokemon out there and the, the weather changing and stuff. It is different, but I guess yeah, it just it, it was just more of what was going on in the game already, pretty much. And I, I felt like those areas, because they were a little more linear and controlled, were just better to look at. And they ran a little more smoothly. And it was just felt like kind of a clusterfuck out there. Like, they just threw whatever Pokemon they wanted out in the wild and go for it. It was cool, of course, to see the the Pokemon swimming around, like the big Gyarados and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, it just did not uh, impress me as much I was as I was hoping. And maybe it was because I played some of... Uh, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu, and they're running around the world in those games, too, and I feel like there's a little more organic in this, and I preferred it, definitely, but, you know, that was a spinoff game, and it had a similar feature, so the wild area was, I thought, going to be the highlight for me, but then after just starting the game and seeing the Pokemon wandering all the routes and stuff, um, it did not blow me away as much as I thought it would, but I... But, yeah, it served its function. I don't have anything to say. That's fair. Josh? I mean, I think it's the game. The wild area is the game, and it's really good. Um, they, they Basically, all the routes you can kind of clear out, collect all the Pokemon there, more or less. Like, you might miss one, but the wild area has so many Pokemon. You will not and cannot find all of them on your first time through it. A, 
the level range is so high that you can't even remotely get close to more than half of it whenever you first come in. Um, second, because of the way the catching mechanics work in this one, you just you cannot catch anything above a certain level uh, until you have the badge for it, uh, which was actually interesting. Like my first time through there uh, near the ruined tower, there were ghastlies all over the place, yeah. which is, you know, like, of course, I need, I need to catch one of those so I can get myself a Gengar later on. Um, went through there. They're too high level for me to catch. I needed to go get a couple more gym badges. By the, by the time I went through there again, apparently they only spawn in rare enough weather that, it, like, it just happened. It was, it was the right weather the first time through there. And then it took me, like, a week to see any ghastlies there again before I could finally catch them, which kind of left me exploring the whole rest of the wild area. Like, okay, if those are only there that rarely, what else is going to show up, um, you know, just under really weird circumstances? And, it, like, it, it made me explore the whole area over and over again and keep finding new stuff each time, which was really cool. Like, I, you normally don't have to explore an area in Pokemon more than one time. Um, right. And Unless you, you can like keep you going miss, back like, here. a super rare Pokemon. Yeah. Know? Like, yeah. Yeah, but there's not really that much to it. Just Pokemon pop out and you catch them. That's pretty much it. You're I explaining mean, Pokemon. I, <laughs> well, that's part of the problem, though, for me. is like I, I just, the routes, they could have done that. Like, let's say you're going up to that area approaching the first gym. That was kind of like that uh, wheat field area. They could have done something cool where if you come back at certain times, like there's different Pokemon or it's stormy or something. I feel like they could have introduced those organic elements in the game as well. Um, but then you cool. do the, you, you do the raid battles in there too, which are awesome. Like I, I didn't actually yeah. start doing those until yesterday. Like last night I went to my friend's house and we had like a mock battle with the Pokemon we used to clear the game. Mm-hmm. And then I, I didn't realize this cause I'm stupid. Um, I was like, I haven't been able to do any of these raid battles because like anytime I try and do it, no one like joins up with me. He's like, you don't need any other players. And I was like, yeah, what? So I just I played it for like hours last night doing those raid battles and they're yeah. fun as fuck. God, those, that's, that's they're fun. That's funny. Yeah, I don't. I guess I just was hoping the wild area was going to be a little bit more breathtaking and a little more organic. And I actually ended up uh, just thinking it was fine. And, and and I agree with what Josh was saying. It is cool how they use weather in different ways and stuff like that. Uh, I don't. I definitely don't think it's bad. It was. It's. I like that they give you a lot more Pokemon early, but it just felt like more of the other areas. They <laughs> just dump a bunch of Pokemon on the map, pretty much. Yeah, so many Pokemon. That. Like that's so fish Too got, many fish Pokemon, got stuck yeah. there at the beginning. Like I got stuck there. Like my first time in the wild area, I'm like Yeah. yeah I caught it had to have been like fifty new Pokemon it's, just in I, that I, first time in the area. Yeah. I don't get that criticism of like when people were like, Not every Pokemon's in here, the national decks. I was like and we talked about this on the Chompcast. It's like have you played in the wild there area? There are so you know many. How fucking overwhelming it yeah. is to try and catch every Pokemon. Can you it's imagine like the, if there were five oh times God. as many? No, that's not the criticism. Is not is not that the criticism is not that the Pokemon are not available to catch. It's that you can't bring them over. It's important to make that distinction. It's it's a little um, bit of both. I've heard. Bo- I've actually heard both criticisms. If, so I think why. if you could bring whatever your favorite Pokemon is over, people would be probably happy. But I just wish I'd actually take less Pokemon and just have them actually populate the world in a more interesting way um, because that's what I thought was cool. Uh, because really all they're doing is just dropping, like Pokemon just pop out of the ground. They're just 
you know, I liked the touches that felt a little more organic. Like I told you guys when they came up on that first gym and there was like diglets popping out of the ground and it felt natural because that's what you'd see them doing. And just sort of the Pokemon they had put there in the grass kind of moving around. Like there mm-hmm. were certain areas, like the first time I caught that um, Barracuda Pokemon, um, I got lucky. I just, I could see them swimming in the background and I just threw my pole right in the water. and It was the first one I caught which is actually weird because it's a rare spawn. And I went back to that area, and, like, you can just surf around and just see them kind of swimming around and stuff. But the effect, because the effect gets a little bit lost just because after you've done it for a while, you just sort of realize it's just, you know, they're just kind of populating the world, moving around in little cycles. It's nice. It's it's nice to see. Um, but my dream, it's not my dream version of what I'd want, but I, I do think it's really cool. You, you want to play def- Monster Hunter. Yeah, I, pretty much. I, yeah. Well, let's put it this way: there was a Dragon Quest game that we played back in the first podcast we did, like ten years ago, more than that. And at that point, on the 3DS, there was a shitty ass Dragon Quest game that I fucking hated. But you could see all the enemies running around on the world map, and I remember thinking at the time, "Why isn't Pokemon doing this?" You know, they're it's cool. I just feel like they're a little late to the game, um, but That's still fair. really cool. And it makes things like shiny hunting, if you're into that much easier because you can see them populating the map. Sometimes. Okay. It depends what so, you're hunting. Sometimes it makes it even harder than it was before, which is oh, interesting. Because if it's not an overworld If thing, it's not an overworld one, uh, it's going to make it even harder because you've got all these overworld ones to avoid now. Like, it's... Yep. like, And I actually kind of like that because it makes some Pokemon much easier to get, makes it like... And then it makes some of the other ones just like ridiculously hard to even come across. Um, yep, and, and it makes some of them seem yeah. more deadly too, in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, see, like, like, like by the time you get to the end it. of the game, not so much. But mm. every now and then you'll see like a, a you know an evolution or two higher than everything else you're fighting, and realize I better not run into that guy because there's nothing I can do against it. Um, right. Yeah. It's which, cool. I, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I do think it's cool. I, I still think it's I still think it's awesome. Like we talked about it before, like running into a Gyarados on the map because it's still super overwhelming. No matter what level you are, just because of the scale of some mm-hmm. of these Pokemon, and I, I really like that about the game a lot. But um, we'll go ahead and move I, on. I think playing Breath of the Wild just ruined everything for me. <laughs> it's really so yeah. just like the scale of that game this, is just so ridiculous. Yeah. Like coming across one of the dragons in that game is just something completely on its own. So, well, and even yeah. how creatures populate the world, like the where you can see bugs flying around or frogs climbing on trees. Yeah. Like, well, the, yeah, the but biology. yeah, exactly. Like the the wildlife is all doing its own thing. The enemies will have sh- just shit going on in their life. Yes. Like you you and, sit and there for long enough and some guy gets a letter from his little goblin girlfriend <laughs> and it's, you know, he's got to explain it to all the other ones and they try to console him, but like there's nothing yeah. they can do about it, and, and then you murder them all. Um, it, it just makes me realize like this is possible on the Switch. Yeah. So, but it is cool. It's a good step for Pokemon. Yes, I agree. <laughs> so, um, excuse me. So the gym challenges that Morgan kind of talked about were fairly typical, and it's been a mainstay of the series, obviously, where you go in, you fight some people, and then you fight the gym leader. But there were some, in my opinion, some fun and interesting puzzles that you come across as you are battling your way to the leader. Uh, Morgan talked about the sheep one, which was, uh, that one was kind of a throwaway. Um, I, the one I enjoyed the most was the sand puzzle. 
I thought that one was a ton of fun. But once you get to the leader, you fight in this Colosseum-style fight, and you're able to Dynamax your Pokemon in seven of the eight fights. Uh, one, The only one that you can't do it in is the Dark Gym, which was interesting in itself. But were there any strong feelings one way or another towards the gym experiences in this game? Because I think it's I think it's important to note, because with Sun and Moon they kind of did away with the typical traditional style gyms and then they brought it back in this game. I actually kind of like both. Like I liked in Sun and Moon that it wasn't as big of a thing, but then I like that since they're bringing it back in this one that it feels more like a sport. And I've, I've really actually enjoyed that. I've enjoyed the whole... I've, I've really enjoyed that as far as like a framing device. Like that's always kind of been what... It seems like the fantasy is supposed to be, but it's not really. It's not made any sense. Like this is supposed to be a big thing, and then it doesn't seem like it is. Whenever you're actually experiencing it, and it finally seems like it is. Like there's there are fans around. There are, um, like it's it, it's it's really cool in 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 Sword and Shield. Actually feeling like you are, you know this, you know. Underdog challenger coming in and. And, 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 you know, winning the finals. Like, it's it's really cool. Um, yes. And, yeah, I, I, I do. I, I really think they've done a great job of getting that feeling across. Yeah, yeah. Best gyms ever in Pokemon history. I, the shit before the gyms is stupid, and it was a complete waste of time. Um, <laughs> the gym challenges is offensive to me most of the time, honestly. Tell um, me how you really feel. But the gyms some of them are, are incredible. Yeah. Some of them are they're like just, they're trying to get across who the purpose. leader is without ever talking to them, which is odd. Um, yeah, it's yeah they could have done yes. Yeah, I just That's wasn't fair. a fan of that whole process. But yeah, the gyms the best they've ever been. The theme, the vibe, the feeling that filling the stadium with your Dynamax Pokemon. Yeah, I yeah. they're my favorite gyms easily ever. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's fair. They're they. I think they're more memorable in this game than they have been in a long time. And I think one one reason why they're so memorable, and it's one thing I, I've talked about on the podcast and I have to mention it again, is uh, the town of Balinlea, which is the zone for the fairy gym, was the most mm-hmm. gorgeous part of this game. So when I went to that area, I was just instantly uh, mesmerized, you know, and it's just... Yeah, it was absolutely beautiful part of the game, and I think having the towns and the surrounding areas kind of representative of what you're about to step into in the in the gym battles and whatnot was perfect for setting it all up. It just yeah, it was very it was very well connected, I guess you could say. So agreed. Yeah, yeah, that's always been something that you don't really feel like. With a couple exceptions, you don't really feel like the area you're seeing before a gym has anything to do with the gym itself in basically all the Pokemon games until now. Like they're they're like you might see like one extra electric type once you get near the electric gym, but like that's it feels like thematically you're you're getting a whole lot more uh leading up to each one of the, the gym encounters. Uh right. which which has been cool. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, right. with with I the mean, exception of the rock gym, which is in the middle of the snow, because yeah, that was because because what, what the about? fuck? Um, yeah, that threw me off. Big yeah, time. I'm like, okay, it's gonna be ice types, and you're like, oh, rocks. 
yeah, that, that okay. was okay. It was a bit peculiar. I would yeah. do that for sure. Okay. So after after you complete all eight gyms, you are tasked with fighting the champion of the gallery region, Leon, who happens to be the brother of Hop. He's also the character that gave you your first Pokemon, and he encourages you throughout the game to come face him. You fight a series of fights in a tournament to have the pleasure of facing off with him. However, when you get to the top, Chairman Rose, a character you've encountered throughout the whole game, attempts to trigger the darkest day. Something alluded to all game that has the power to destroy the region. This prompts you, working with some past enemies, to climb this massive tower and fight Liana, Chairman Rose, and the legendary that is rumored to bring the darkest day. But because of an item you have received earlier in the game, you summon the two hero legendaries. What ensues is a four-on-one fight where you, Hop, and the two legendaries attempt to take down Eternatus, the bringer of darkest day. This is the climax of the entire story. Um, from there on, the rest is the de- the the uh, denouement. That's the 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 end, yeah. basically. Um, no, sorry, not the denouement. The uh, yeah, no, you got it. I did but, get it. Okay, I always um, mix up the 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 beginning and the end terms. Yeah. But how did you guys feel about the story? coming to a head like this is the climax of the story how did you guys feel about it this is i I mentioned this before i like how they've kind of reversed it and basically all the other pokemon games you end up with this unbelievable unthinkable evil and you have to save the world but then you actually don't you just become the gym leader and then that's post-game stuff where you actually save the world and in this one they reverse it they're like yes all this secondary stuff is kind of led up to you're like eh, whatever i'm that's not what i'm about i'm i'm going to become you know the new champion and then you get to the end you're like okay i don't have a choice about it um and like you have to save the world and like that twist that that's the actual end instead of just this secondary thing i i don't i don't know part i don't know i i have a hard time telling if i like it so much because i've played every other pokemon game and they don't do that um, or if it's that it was actually legitimately really good compared to all the other ones, or I'm mean, not compared, but just like on its own right. Um, right, right, but right, right. I no, like I like that. I like that because um, I mean, like I've I've talked about this before, but in like black and white, you kind of get to the end and you kind of <sighs> accidentally stop the evil corporation from you know, breaking reality and summoning Pokemon from another dimension. But then there are like all these other anomalies caused by them at the end. And you have to like sort them out with like this really cool detective storyline going on where you're like helping them just track down all these things and catch these, uh, catch these Pokemon that are causing trouble. Um, and, and that's really cool, but it's post game stuff that you, don't have to do it all after you finish the game and it's not even really like emphasized at all and like this kind of felt like the opposite like I don't know I I, I liked it um, as yeah. far as like an actual climax to the story they're trying to tell yeah and I think it also it, it the game is benefited by not being as long of a game as previous Pokemon games that it is able to feel more like a cohesive story. It's more succinct. 
it tells a very basic story in a very efficient way. Uh, what about you, Morgan? How did you feel about? The I mean, I thought the <clears throat> I thought they executed it well, like Josh was saying, and you were saying there. I, I agree with that hundred percent. I just I feel like they're kind of losing touch with what Pokemon's all about. Like I I am not personally interested in all this legendary Pokemon nonsense, even though I thought they did a good job with it. Like, I feel like the reason I fell in love with it as a kid was just this idea of being a po like when you in the original Pokemon games you would learn about Mewtwo and stuff mostly from lore in the world and then you could find them on your own. I like that yeah. sort of element of of exploration. Now granted, I'm not gonna sit here and say it should be like the original games. Oh, games should never change. That's like the opposite of how I feel. I've just never cared about the legendary Pokemon and the legendary stories. I, I maybe once I have. I don't even remember. I just, I've never gotten into them. They to me they feel like a distraction from what I really enjoy about Pokemon. But I think that they did a good job. Okay, yeah. I, I can understand that. That's fair. I mean, okay. oddly enough, like I I said the opposite, but I still kind of agree with that. Like the original Pokemon. Like, you've got Team Rocket doing all this whatever, and, like, you get all these hints throughout the game of Mewtwo and whatever, you know, everything that's going on, and then you just, you continue on with your your adventure and nothing ever comes of it, and so you eventually, after the fact, track down Mewtwo, uh, if you, if you decide to do, to do so. Yeah, kind of mysterious, kind of hunting around. Yeah, and then it's like they've tried to emphasize that and emphasize the whole, you know, world-ending nature of these random bad guys that you don't really care about through through every other game. It's like they've just increased mm-hmm. the stakes, increased the stakes. And that's kind of one of the reasons I like this one is that they decrease the stakes, but then you actually deal with the the threat at the end. Um, and it's right. funny because they've, they've never been able to, like going back to the first Pokemon movie, they've been obsessed with the idea of these legendary storylines. Like the very first mm-hmm. Pokemon movie, it was about Mewtwo and all. It's like they just can't, they can't help themselves. They're obsessed with their legendary Pokemon storylines. And I don't know why. I don't know. That's why. true. They, it's <laughs> true. That's true. It's interesting to think about, but yeah. Okay. So l- one last question for you guys this is something we did with uh, Borderlands three. I want each, each one of us to take one minute to sum up, as quickly as we can, literally one minute to sum up our thoughts and feelings about this game and end it with a simple, would you recommend this game? Yes or no. So Morgan, I'm going to go ahead and throw it to you first. Um, give me a quick second. I'm going to start the one minute timer. Start, start the stopwatch. Three, two, one, go. Um, I don't believe in recommendations without knowing the person and I'm not trying to be a dick. I just don't. There's too many factors uh, involved in there. But I know what you're getting at here. And you're always trying to push me to do these recommendations. I think it's the best. 45 Pokemon. seconds. I think it's the Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly the time's getting shorter. Uh, I think it's the best Pokemon game since uh, the Ruby and Sapphire remakes. And they made a lot of good strides for the series. Um, it's very charming. It mostly looks great other than some of the larger areas. And uh, I'm happy I played it and happy I spent my money on it. Um, it's not one of the best games of the year for me, but I had a great time. That's fair. If you, if someone like-minded to you were to recommend it, or they, they want to know if you would recommend it, a like-minded person, would you recommend it? Yeah, I just don't see how you would like Pokemon and not want to play this game. I mean, I bought it. I got it for my wife, so. There we go. That's perfect. Thank you very much. All right, Josh, you ready? Mm-hmm. 
Three, two, one, go. Um, like I touched on this briefly last week about how this is kind of finally delivering on all the dreams we had of a console Pokemon game. Not all of them, because nothing's going to. It's been forever. Our dreams are absolutely ridiculous at this point, uh, which is why there's been so much pushback against this poor game for doing basically everything we wanted, but not exactly how we wanted in our, in our, in our, you know, unrealistic imaginations of what it could be. But I think it's done a fantastic job of finally giving us the feeling of, you know, like, like I said before, just being this scrappy, you know, challenger, you know, in, in this really cool sporting event. Um, on top of that, like I already mentioned before, the wild zone is cool. Um, just getting the feeling of being, again, it, it gets to the feeling across of being overpowered by uh, being an underdog, by running into these Pokemon that are so much stronger than you. So I think it does that. It gives you that feeling perfectly. Perfect. That was a perfect <laughs> way to wrap it up. So would you recommend this game to someone who is like-minded to you? Like-minded, even I'd I'd recommend this as a starting Pokemon game. Like I think it's I think it's good enough for that. Like this is a, I think it's a good jumping-on point for the series because it gets across the allure of Pokemon very well. So okay. I, that's fair. All right, I wouldn't be fair if I didn't start my minute timer for you get for myself. So I'll do that really quick now. Um, this game, this Pokemon game has been the one I've enjoyed the most since honestly gen two. Um, I've enjoyed gen five. I enjoyed gen six a lot. Um, I enjoyed a lot of the other games, but I've absolutely loved this game. Like Josh said, it is delivered on a lot of the things that we've wanted from Pokemon games for quite some time. A lot of the new mechanics that they introduced or they brought back, um, took away a lot of the grindiness and the slow nature of the games Yes, it sacrificed some of the difficulty, but I'm okay with that. At the end of the day, if it makes a more streamlined experience, a more digestible experience. The story was amazing for me. The music was something we did not talk about enough. I love the music in all the different regions. Uh, The Pokemon on this generation were a little bit something to be desired. Um, I love the rival. Overall, I would absolutely recommend this game for anyone who likes Pokemon or is interested in Pokemon games, like Josh said, it is a great first Pokemon game. Mm-hmm. I give the music two thumbs up Pikachu's asshole. That's right. Where they so belong. So there you guys have... <laughs> with long fingernails. But no, there you guys have it. We absolutely recommend this game if you are interested in all. Please go check it out. Um, it's a fantastic game. We're not really and, and, and get Pokemon shield action. so you can trade with us and we can finally get those shield exclusives because we all decided my, my to be wife. idiots and get the sword version sword. for branding. All four of us. My wife has shield. Um, okay. Shay. All right, so, good. Pokemon, well, we're going to have to have her trade everything we need. Game of the decade. X and Y is amazing. I absolutely love that game, but yeah. I think this game is better. <sighs> okay. Yeah. But anyways, um, and it's actually... The not our game of the decade is our game of between 2008 and 2018. <laughs> sure, sure, yes, it which was. is pretty much pretty much that. It was, it was our game of an arbitrary set of 10 years, <laughs> that's right. But, anyway, so, um, that's gonna be the end of this show. Um, I want to thank Josh and Morgan for putting up with my intro story and you, the listener, and thank you guys for being here. 
Um, thank you, the listener who is, you know, a part of our Patreon who gets to listen, our Patreon who gets to listen to this. Seriously, thank you guys for your support. Hopefully, you enjoyed this episode. If you have any thoughts, comments, please leave them in the comment section of the show when it goes live. Um, we love you guys so much. Thank you, and take care.